This is episode number 267 with Blake Mykoski of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Barbara Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. What's going on, guys? Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. Hope you have a great day wherever you are around the world. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to share your earbuds with me. And as you know, we interview some incredible founders on this podcast. And today's guest, Blake Mykoski, is the founder of a company called Tom's Shoes. So you may or may not have heard of this company, but you may have heard of the one-for-one model. Now, Blake was probably one of the first um, to implement this model, and it's just an incredible way to do social good while using a for-profit business model. So I'm really, really passionate about this model personally, and I do want to implement something like this in some way, shape, or form within our company founder. And yeah, me and Blake discussed this and so much more on how he started Tom's, um, you know, like what's next, what's happening, um, like all sorts of things around this model how to build a sustainable business around this model. Um, Incredible interview. I really hope you guys enjoy this. I'm not going to ramble on. I'm trying to keep my intros a bit shorter. See how it goes. Let me know what you think. If these intros are a bit shorter, you like them better. All right, that's it from me, guys. If you are enjoying these episodes, please do take the time to leave us a review and please do share this with your friends. All right, that's it from me. Now jump into the show. The first question I ask everyone that comes on is, uh, how did you get your job? How did I get my job? <laughs> I don't know if I have a job. Um, you know, it's funny, but when I, was, uh, when I was a kid, I played tennis really competitively. And because I played tennis every summer in tournaments around the country, I never had time to 
to have a summer job like my other friends did. And my parent, my dad used to give me a hard time about that. I was afraid of the J-O-B. And then I ended up becoming an entrepreneur and dropping out of college. So I never have ever actually had a job uh, for anyone but myself. Um, So that word is kind of foreign to me. (laughs) There you go, J-O-B. So uh, how do do you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? How did it all start? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I started my first company when I was uh, 19 years old. It was a laundry service. Um, and it was just out of necessity because I broke my leg and couldn't do my own laundry. And so I was trying to find someone to pick up and deliver it. And, uh, and that, and that was unavailable. And so they say, I think entrepreneurship, a lot of what, uh, what is created by an entrepreneur is out of necessity. But what I really created was a realization that, um, all those years of playing tennis and being competitive and having self-discipline, those are a great training ground to being an entrepreneur. Um, and I really love the idea of starting something and kind of building uh, an idea into something that customers wanted to buy and employees wanted to work for. And, and so I spent, you know, first, you know, nine, 10 years of my life doing a couple of different startups. And then I got to a point where I enjoyed being an entrepreneur, but I wanted more, uh, I wanted more, significance and one more purpose. And that's when I had the idea for Tom's. I was traveling in South America and doing some volunteer work and met some uh, children that did not have proper footwear. And I wanted to help them, but I didn't want to create a charity. So I decided to create uh, a for-profit business that would give a pair of shoes every time we sold it instead. And that's what became Tom. Yeah. Wow. It's incredible. So you guys have been around, yeah, for for quite some time. Like, um, you know, I bought a pair of Toms very, very long time ago. Uh, when did you guys start? Uh, Thirteen years ago. Thirteen years ago. Wow, and um, incredible growth. Uh, you 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 got you you've really pioneered this one for one or, or this give model. Um, were you one of the first to 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 do something like this, where it's a a for profit, but it it has a it has a a really strong element of social good linked to it. You know, as far as I know, we were the first to do the one for one model in a commercial way. Um, you know, as we started, we just really wanted a very simple and easy way to keep track, you know, of what we were doing from a giving perspective. And so, one for one was just the idea that we came up with, and I had no idea that it would be so powerful and so easy for people to understand and then share and that it would, you know, impact a lot of other businesses as well. But, um, yeah, when we first started, it definitely was not in, 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 uh, you know, in trend to do so. Yeah, I see. And you said that, um, you wanted to start a business, um, with a little bit more purpose. Can you tell us about your previous companies? Um, I know you had the laundry business. Sure. I, yeah. Yeah. Laundry. I started an outdoor advertising company. I started a reality uh, cable television channel and then also uh, an online driver's education company. Yeah, I see. And and what happened with each of those companies? Did you build them up and then sell them or or did they not work out? Oh, or? Have, yeah, no, some were, <laughs> let's see, the laundry business I sold, the outdoor advertising company I sold, the reality cable channel went belly up and the... Uh, and the uh, driver's education company, I, I ended up selling to my partners. I had some partners in that business, and I was able to uh, 
to sell it to them and they continue to run it today. Yeah, I see. So um, I'm curious, like, how did you, when it came to the one-for-one model, you said that um, you didn't think it would do as as well as it has done and, and it's just been incredible for the growth of Tom's and, and um, you, you said that you just came up with it because it was easy to track things. Um, I'm curious, yeah. like, <clears throat> with the margins and, and things like that, like, that's something that a lot of people, especially in the physical product space, it's it's just tough with with margins and, you know, with, with rising ad costs and media acquisition and all these kinds of things, it's difficult to make good margin. Um, you know, what what would you say to founders that, that are in a position, like, do you believe that every founder should should have an element of social good in in their you know, so you're using social entrepreneurship in their in their model, or I'd just love to hear your thoughts there. Yeah, no, I don't think it's for every business. I mean, you need a business that has high margin, footwear has high margins historically. Um, but most importantly, you really just need to know what is the purpose of why you exist. Like, I wanted to help kids get shoes, and so that's why we created Tom's in the first place was to create a sustainable way to can keep giving kids shoes. But I think for every entrepreneur, you have to ask yourself, like, you know, what do you, you know, you know, why do you exist on the planet? And if part of the reason you exist is to accomplish a social goal, well, then I think it's a great thing to incorporate it into your business. But I don't think it's the type of thing you want to tack on to another business idea. Like if it's not integral to why you exist, then I would not actually incorporate a social cause. But if the reason you exist is to fulfill a social cause, then it's a natural thing to be integrated into your business. Mm, I see. So I'd love to delve a little bit deeper with Tom's. Um, I know you, uh, four or five years ago, you sold uh, half of the company to Bain Capital. Um, yeah. Uh, what, why did you decide to do that? Well, I never had any investors um, so like most companies that got to the size that we get to typically have investors and a board of directors and even partners. And I didn't have any of that. And so frankly, I was kind of lonely, you know, I built this company to, you know, over $400 million in sales a year and had given away, you know, tens of millions of shoes and, you know, and had hundreds of employees. And, at the end of the day, I was running it like a mom and pop, you know, it was all, it was all my, my capital and, and, and I was the main, the only owner. And, and that can kind of be a lonely, lonely plight. And, uh, and also I recognized at that point, you know, I had just gotten married and my wife is pregnant with our first child. And I just realized that there was a lot more to life than just working all the time. And so, uh, as much as I enjoy my work, I also enjoy many other things. And I knew that if I sold part of the business and brought in other partners that had, you know, real, you know, financial interest, then I would not be, have all the pressure on me. And so, so that's why I didn't, I didn't want to sell all of it because I really wanted to stay connected to Tom's and, and wanted to help continue to see it grow and thrive. But selling half of it was, seemed like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. And, um, I suppose you have to choose the right partner as well because uh, you want you want to still be able to to lead the vision and also, um, I guess, 
yeah, it, it has to the they have to be bought in with your values as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Bain has been an incredible partner. They definitely bought into the values and they've supported the values ever since we partnered and I couldn't be happier. Amazing. Um, so tell us about the early days of Tom's. Like, uh, you know, was it like, was it easy? Um, how did you get your first customers um, or, or did it just take off or because you've had a bit of experience beforehand, you know, building, you know, growing, selling some startups? You know, it was definitely not easy. I mean, no starting any business is easy, I don't think. If anyone tells you that, I don't know. I haven't met that person <laughs> yet. Um, but no, I, you know, it was, it, was, uh, it was hard as in all starting businesses are, but there was definitely more of a gravitational pull with this than other businesses. Like as anyone that I told the idea to, you know, that was a potential customer um, or partner was, was excited about it and interested in it. And thought it was, you know, interesting idea, and we were giving so much play, and so I think, and because it was such a radical idea back then, I mean, there were no other companies doing what we were doing. Um, I think that also helped, you know, create um, a lot of demand and interest, um, and it really was a competitive advantage because it was so different than what ever anyone else was doing back then. Mm, I see. So did you guys, when you launched, were you selling originally always online or you went to retailers or how, how did that side of the business work? Yeah, no, we sold online. We, yeah, we, we sold online first and then we were having so much success online that the retailers started contacting us and then you know, we were very excited to, to expand to retailers as well. And, and, uh, and so we were really early on and able to build a business of, of both a good sizable business, both online and um, with retailers. I see. And um, what was the, you know, in the early days, what was, what was like the, the best marketing channel besides having this really strong purpose, really, yeah, really strong like values behind the business. Well, the interesting thing is I started Tom's in 2006 and I think Facebook you know, opened up to the public. It was originally just on college campuses in 2007, maybe, and or maybe right, or maybe the year before. And then you also had YouTube launched in 2007. And so, social media as a channel really was birthed at the exact same times as us starting Tom's. And so, all of our marketing was done organically on social. We didn't pay for any social back then it was all done organically and so that's i think part of the reason we were able to hold um, a healthy enough margin to you know to build a business with the giving around Mm, i see and um as time has gone on you guys have also expanded your product line at what point how how many like how many different products do you guys sell right now besides the shoes and when did you introduce each um, we, right now we only do shoes and eyewear, uh, and then we have a few coffee shops. So we started eyewear in 2010 and we started the coffee in, I think 2014. Yes, I see. And like, uh, why, why did you like, um, decide to introduce other product lines? Well, really we just saw there's more ways that we could use our one for one model to get back. And so we wanted to do that. I see. And do you plan to 
at other product lines in the future? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, since Bain got involved and we got more kind of focused, I think, um, we recognize that there's a lot of people just in the footwear business. And so that's what we know best. And so as of right now, we're mainly just focused on the footwear. Yeah, I see. And when it came up with the early days of like designing the shoes, um, I know, like, did, did you have a background in designing the shoes? Because they were cool, man. Like, like, like um, yeah, like how, how did that come about? Um, I, um, well, no, that, that shoe was just based on, um, on the original Alpergata, which is a shoe that was, you know, very popular in Argentina. Um, so, so no, I didn't, I didn't have any background in designing shoes and that was really just a shoe that I found in Argentina that I kind of, you know, improved upon and redesigned. Yeah, I see. Um, cause yeah, that's the crazy thing, right? If you step outside of it, like if you think of your, you know, your, your favorite pairs of shoes, like you, you know, people really like Yeezys and all these other things like, you know, you, you're, you guys are designing shoes. Um, and yeah, that like that is something that people are very, very particular about. And you guys have been able to do, well, you've been able to come in and say, okay, here's these incredible shoes, which look great. Uh, and here's this incredible cause and mission and purpose behind them. Um, so I was interested to to know if you if you had a background or anything around that. Um, do you do you have like designers now, or do you have like um, you know like any any much of a focus on that piece? Yeah, yeah, we have a whole. I mean, now that we've grown and we have all different types of shoes we sell now, and a whole product team and designers and developers and you know all all of that. So. Um, so yeah, so it's very much a part of our, our structure now is a lot of investment in designers and creativity. Yeah. See, so what's, what's your biggest challenge right now with Tom's? I think it ties into that. It's just staying relevant from a design standpoint. Um, you know, that's not easy to do. Um, so I would say that's probably the biggest challenge. Yeah, I see. And um, when it comes to to the glasses, um, how does that exactly work? Because uh, that is that easy to to, I guess, because shoes. You said you you found the design from um, you know the, in Argentina uh, with the glasses. Like how how does that work on the, I guess, on the fulfillment and and design standpoint and. Yeah, like, like how, how many SKUs? We have quite a few. I mean, we have a whole team that, that are professional eyewear designers, and they design them. And, um, you know, it's, it's not that much different than the shoes. The only difference is instead of giving a pair of shoes, we give, um, you know, sites. So we either do prescription glasses, donations, or eye treatments, or cataract surgery. Um, so, so, yeah, so it's um, – it's, uh, it's different in the giving, but the you know the process of making the glasses is that different than making the shoes. I see. And when it comes to, I guess, the facilitation of the one for one model on the other side of the table, so helping, I guess, um, the the less fortunate. Uh, do you guys actually facilitate that, or um, and do you have people on the ground in certain countries facilitating that, or do you find partners to help facilitate that? 
you know, we have partners, really great nonprofits all over the world that we work with. Um, and so um, they're the ones that are actually doing the distribution. Um, and I'm and we're just kind of choosing our partners. I see. So how do you um, yeah, how do you know like what is a what is a good partner? What do you look for? Um, when it comes to, yeah, choosing these partners to work with, uh, and, and I assume you'd have many partners, like for example, with Tom's, you, you would have, more, yeah, we have yeah. About, about, yeah, we have like 70 partners all over the world and, and there we look for, you know, nonprofits that have been working in these community spaces for a long time and are best in class and have good reputations and have good warehousing capabilities and distribution capabilities because they're really are our kind of eyes and ears on the ground. And so we put a lot of energy into picking the right partners and then to staying, you know, monitoring them and, and quality controlling them and all of those things. Yeah, I see. And um, now that uh, you, you know, you said you, you've sold um, half of the company to Bain and uh, you've been able to bring in, I guess, um, uh, like a, um, some, some management help. Um, like, uh, do you, do you guys have a CEO in place now and, and you're just kind of um, like the champ? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. I see. And uh, like when it comes to kind of your day to day, what, what does that look like? You're, you're spending a lot of your time on, on strategy and vision or. You know, it, I mean, I'm, you know, I definitely am involved on the strategy and vision, but I still think that that's an important role for the CEO um, my role more is, is in, you know, kind of sharing the Tom story, doing media interviews like we're doing right now, um, and then really making sure that the staff uh, feels inspired. Um, but I don't really have much day-to-day. I mean, I, you know, I spend a lot of time with my family. We actually live in Wyoming, and Tom's is based in California. So I don't, I'm not in the office that much anymore. Um, and so I'll fly in, you know every other month for a couple of days and, you know, kind of connect with everyone. And then most of what I do is on the phone or via Skype. Yeah, I see. And, um, you know, how does that feel like, um, to, to build a company of, of this, uh, this amount of significance and value? Um, and then, yeah, basically kind of, um, you know, uh, ha- like have, have yourself almost like for the most part fully replaced, um, uh, and by choice, of course. But, uh, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, look, it's a nice, I think we have, you know, life is a beautiful thing and that we get to do many different things and many different um, journeys. And, and uh, you know, I, I spent, you know, almost 20 years being a hardcore entrepreneur and, and, uh, and 10 years building comms and, I'm very proud of it, but I also recognize that there's much more to life than just running a company or being an entrepreneur. And I have lots of hobbies. I have a wonderful family. I have, you know, many different, uh, you know, nonprofit organizations and groups that I care about. And so, you know, it's a source of pride to know that Tom's can go on and thrive and help people without being dependent on me. Yeah. Amazing. And, um, I, I find it interesting. So, um, and I, I respect that. So um, I, I assume, you know, you have a, a young family, so you want to spend more time with your kids and watch them grow because as founders, you know, it, it has to be an obsession, like to build something of, I believe, of true worth and significance. It has to be an obsession, which it it probably was for you for a long time and you've kind of taken a little bit of a step back to yeah, focus. Yeah, for 10 years. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, no, ten years it was my entire life, and so when I realized that I that was that you know that I wanted to do more than. I want to make sure that I had the right people in place. And I, and I think we have great people to do, to carry it on. Yeah. Amazing. Um, we have to work towards, uh, wrapping up Blake and I'm mindful of your time. Um, a few last questions. Uh, one around, I guess, what would you like to share with, with anyone that's in the early stages of their journey? Um, majority of our audience have actually already started a business and then, you know, listening to, you know, incredibly experienced founders like yourself that have achieved success uh, in, in all different levels. Um, like uh, early stages, first round of customers, uh, looking to grow it. Um, I, I, I guess you would say that that uh, a lot of them would be doing work that they're really passionate about or purposeful, but not all. Some might just be, you know, kind of building a business um, out of necessity or trying to solve a problem, but they might not be insanely passionate about that problem. Um, so that, that was the first question. And then the last question was, where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and your work? Yeah. I mean, you know, most, I mean, I'm, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and those are the main social media that I engage in. Um, and, uh, and then obviously toms.com. Um, and, but I think that, you know, I think that as you were talking about how, you know, most founders are, um, are at the early stages, I think my advice to them is really, you know, to, to really focus on the one thing that your company can do better than everyone else. You know, I think that there's a lot of founders that get in trouble because they, have like me a lot of ideas and a lot of excitement and a lot of passion and so they end up building businesses that are good at lots of things but not great at one thing and so i think doing one thing really great is the best way to build not only a successful business but one that's dependable and sustainable amazing i love it and how did you maintain focus you know really listening to that advice i mean i got that advice early on from different other entrepreneur founders and I really stayed focused on the shoes. I mean, obviously we added eyewear and some other things, but really stayed focused on our one-for-one -one model and staying true to that. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.